snarf, snarf. <laughs> Hello! And welcome back to another episode of We Don't Want. This is normally the podcast where we really don't want to. In every episode, we typically go through a series that one of us loves and the other, well, you know, maybe is a little reluctant to do that. But today, we're doing something a little different. Now, I don't you... like where this is going. <laughs> you don't like the flow of that? No, no. I'm saying, were you about to say that, oh, we're both fans <laughs> of this series, it turns out. No, but I should. Yeah, I thought that's where you were headed. But today, we're talking about a series that both of us are fans. <laughs> as as you all have heard on our last episode with Sam and Emily, Scotty Westside is truly a fan. Did I say the words fan? I'm pretty sure. I mean, hey, you got invited to the Harry Potter fan club. Oh, you signed God, yourself the up to the Harry that. Potter fan club. I did indeed. I feel like I should mention that Zach was uh, in the background holding a gun to my head <laughs> to do that. Uh, so uh, it was done under duress. Hey, 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 hey. We are your hosts. I am Zach. <laughs> and joining me as always is the biggest empath in the room. He really, really, really knows how to care about people. He feels sympathy for them and really thinks about their history and upbringing. True! It is Scotty West. <laughs> I love this intro, by Dude, the way. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Can you guys tell that we have senioritis because we're done with this? Yeah, 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 yeah. This, this is our casual episode. You know, this is our... Fan feedback, uh, complaints, questions, uh, bullshit around episode. Maybe some fun and, tidbits. Yeah, maybe just fun talking tidbits, about tidbits. Maybe some Zach facts if we're lucky. I don't know. Oh, lucky um, you say. Oh, lucky. But uh, I love that we're just going, you know, full on casual intro because episode 51. I mean, they should. People should know what to expect by now. Yeah, they should. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, should yeah. they should know what they're yeah. in for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Agreed. <laughs> now we have to leave all that in the beginning. Yeah. In, <laughs> okay. All right, we're doing it. I Fuck mean, it. what else can be yeah. done? Uh, oh, yeah. Boy. So look, we're we've got a little little bit of a different format today. Uh, we don't have Harry Potter book content to talk about. Um, Until Scott reads The Cursed Child, oh, that is. Oh, Lord. Are you really going to do that? I really kind of secretly low-key want to. Because I, we've established I'm a fan, apparently. Casual fan. <laughs> that just really wants to make fun you of know, The Cursed we, Child. You know, we could probably do three episodes on it. Because it's split into three acts. <sighs> there you go. Yeah. it's. I mean, Listen, it's short, this, dude. It's this, this script writes itself, Zach. Yeah, man. Uh... It's, I mean, it's, it's shorter than the first book. It's short. Wow. Short, short. I think we did three episodes on the first book, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and this is a fucking, uh, screenplay. Screenplay. Right, right. Uh, so it's, it's short. Oh boy. Yeah, that could be fun. Yeah. Uh, we'll just table that. (laughs) Hey, remember how much fun we had talking about the terrible ass, uh, Wheel of Time episode eight? No. Yeah. We, we did have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. We, we actually got several messages, um, that we should just make 
shows like on like shitting on on bad stuff which i'm kind of here for that i'm kind of into it because it is way easier to make our shitty jokes when something sucks is bad when something sucks so kind of yes i mean i am into that and i think people (laughs) enjoy the jokes but honestly i mean the whole point of this whole thing was is i love talking i I love talking tv with you i love talking books i love talking fiction and we did also name the show We Don't Wanna, though, so, like, to keep that thematically appropriate, we should watch shitty television I we mean, don't want to watch. I mean, that might be true, but also, we're both lazy fucks, so, like, true. we just, in general, don't wanna, that's ever. true. So, look, yes. that's, that's enough. Accurate. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> all right, so, look, we're going to be talking about some stuff uh, that's, that you all, actually, have submitted in. Oh, via email, via DM, uh, via ads or mentions. and uh, That's right. We made you do the work this week. <laughs> yeah, you know. You we, had the homework. We thought we'd turn the tables on, on you fuckers. You're not fuckers. But, yeah, we turned the tables <laughs> on you fuckers. <laughs> and had you guys write our episode. So, uh, I have a handful of comments and, and um, you know, things that, listeners have shared which some I have, roasts i hear uh, there's a couple there's a okay. couple some good some bad uh but just some feedback just some just some things that people wanted to share uh so sure. we're we're gonna just jump into this thing Hell and yeah. uh and kick this shit off so we have um uh listener of the pod drew what's up drew uh what's up drew uh so he says so I've got a couple questions slash topics for the Harry Potter recap podcast. Uh, first, okay. I want to know what questions does Scott still have? Like what things does he wish were gone more into depth of or something to that extent? Uh, and at sec- uh, second, at what point in the story did Scott realize, truly realize, he was emotionally invested despite his best efforts? <laughs> Ooh, that second one's a, a good that's, one. That's, that a, that's one. a loaded gun right there. That is a loaded-ass <laughs> question. Um, he, there's a couple more things in there, but let, let's just tackle okay, those yeah, let's, first. Okay, let's tackle those. Uh, for the first, what lingering questions I have, uh, a big one, and... I'm not I'm not trying to meme here but uh, you know I I I want to know what became of my boy Gilderoy Lockhart. <laughs> like did his memory ever get cured? Did he get out of the hospital? Did he have a long, you know, romantic relationship with that nurse that was in love with him? I just want Lockhart to be happy. He was very happy in that hospital uh with all his fan mail. Um but that's that's a big one. I, I I wonder what happened to him. Um, did Hermione successfully retrieve her parents from Australia? I oh. suppose that's a question. I I'm sure have. she did. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um. Let's see. What else? I don't know if there's any like serious ones I would have. Uh, she did get pretty explainy in the last couple chapters. Yeah, I I don't I don't think you know I mean even for me like I don't really think that there's a whole lot of like plot hole explanation that I would want. Yeah. Um, maybe just like more more of certain things, which I I know sure. we talked about last week with um uh, on the recap episode, uh with 
wanting a little bit more of like Draco, maybe having that flushed out a little bit more. That could yeah. be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that could have been very interesting. Yeah, I think that's that's probably more accurately how I feel. Just like Oh, I, I, I kind think of I have one. Okay, go ahead. Well, I, I, and I, well, more for you. Like I'm remembering our conversations. Sure. Uh, you, I never really acknowledged that this was a problem until you pointed it out. So thank you, asshole. You're um, <laughs> but wanting more of Voldemort being powerful, being a badass. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. You know, we, I'm not sure that's like a lingering question, though. Well, right. I guess. I mean, yeah. I think we're kind. Of, we kind of morphed it into like, yeah, a, what did. would we want more of? But sure, Drew. This is our show, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Drew. Uh, yeah, I know. We talked about how you kind of felt like you didn't like how abruptly it cut to what whatever it was, 19 years later or whatever, and you kind of wanted more in the interstitial period. And I, I, I kind of agree, but. I did kind of like the jump too. So maybe just a little bit more information about how, you know. I mean, like, just... how do you go from being this fucking hero child to just like a dad? A dad. Just an order dad. A high school dropout order dad. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Fuck. The fucking just only got the job because he's famous, this son of a bitch. Yeah. Uh, yep, yep, yep. And then, as far as your second question, Drew, when. When did I know I was emotionally invested, right? Was that yeah, yeah. what it was? Mm-hmm. <sighs> that is a loaded question. When did I know and when would I actually admit is probably two very different answers as well. <laughs> well hey, that's, that's what this is for. <laughs> um, this is all about being vulnerable, gosh, Scott. Right. I'm trying to remember back. It's got to be... I don't think it has to be probably sometime in book four. Yeah. I mean, book four from my perspective is the book where you were, I got on board more. You were, yeah, you were enjoying the story emotionally invested. I don't know, but yeah, I I was enjoying certain aspects like, you know, like say banter between like Snape and uh, fake Moody TM, but emotionally (laughs) invested. Boy, maybe not even in four. Um, maybe the bit at the end of five. Yeah, maybe not. Shit, man. Maybe it was. Maybe not. Six. Like I think enjoying the story and liking certain characters, but being like truly emotionally invested can be different things and i'm trying to parse my way through that um i'd say definitely by the time dumbledore dies at the end of uh half blood prunts for sure i was emotionally invested did it happen before that man i'm trying to recall specific moments could it have been maybe when cedric when they... dying was pretty powerful oh yeah like i liked cedric a lot and the speech um, Dumbledore gives at yeah, let's just say the end of book four. I think that's probably fair. Yeah, uh, my memory is terrible, so I would not remember the exact time, but I think probably the speech Dumbledore gives. Uh, I liked Cedric a lot. The fact that definitely the series is becoming darker and more 
you know, grown up at that point, probably I was pretty emotionally invested by then. Cool. Cool. I I think that's I think that's pretty solid. Yeah. Um a follow-up question is and I think we know the answer and he put this in parentheses as well. Uh who's the best written character in the series? Uh Severus, Severus Snape. Seconded by Dumbledore? Seconded by Dumbledore. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. I think I think that's pretty unanimous. I I don't I don't think that I would be interested to see if there was somebody who legitimately thought that somebody else was a better written character. What, b- besides one of those yeah, two? Yeah, yeah. Like, I could understand if maybe those two are not your favorite characters. Sure. But do you think somebody's more well-written than either of those I, two? I can't think of Fuck anyone no. that would even be in the conversation. Like, especially when you consider the quantity and the quality of those two. Like, those two both have a lot. Dumbledore probably more than Snape, but it's all good. Um, there are other characters I pretty, really liked that were equal, short. Because there's a lot of Maybe there's so, a lot of time yeah. that Dumbledore is just absent. That's true. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> Where you at, my dude? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think it's pretty easily. Not to say they're the only two. They're not. Like you know, uh, I definitely love Lupin. Is I think very well written for the most part. Uh, McGonagall, Molly, Arthur. There's there's a lot of really well written characters. But when you combine the amount that we get of them with the quality of the writing, it's it's Snape and Dumbledore. And I think me personally, I would give the slight edge to my boy Severus. All right. Okay. Now, uh, Gisela, who has uh, sent in some stuff before. What's up, Gisela? Uh, what's up? We appreciate you listening, as always. Uh, she... <laughs> She said, so I just heard Scott say, quote, I kind of want to read The Cursed Child now because you said that, talking about how bad it is. I had to pause yeah. the podcast just to come here and type this. Please have him read Cursed Child. Yes! Make an episode See, I'm on Gisela's side. Everybody hates it, and I need to hear him rip it and critique it with the fury I know he has within Oh, Boy, yes, Giselle, I'm with you. I, I I feel the fury rising in me already, and I, I do want to rip it a new one. I think that would be very, very fun. You want to rip it a new one because you know it's going to ruin such a great series yes. that you're such a fan of. Oh, yeah, definitely. Exactly that. <laughs> um. I I don't know when we would do it. Uh, we've already you know announced we have some things coming. Um, hey, I don't know when slash if I we have will a thing get coming. to it. Oh boy, I bet you do. <laughs> uh, but I do want to get to it at some point. I think that would be very fun, as well as uh, watch the uh, shitty movies. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's only two of them out right now. We we could knock that those seems out pretty quick. crazy to me. That seems like those have been coming out for so long. I can't believe there's only two of them. What are they called? Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, Fantastic Beasts. That that seems crazy. That there's only two. God, those movies three, are fucking bad, dude. Yeah, yeah. You know, <clears throat> all right. So it's it's already clear that Scott Scott doesn't really like manage or use our social medias. <laughs> um, 
I this is a genuine question. I'm not trying to call anybody out. If any of you listening legitimately love those movies, shoot us a DM. I I just I want to know why. So maybe I can have a little bit to talk about when we get around to watching those movies. Um, because I hate them. But look, it's okay if you like them. Then fine. You're you're just wrong, but it's okay. I what's what's really interesting to me about this is I can remember Zach coming into work the day after he saw. I believe it was the first one. Yeah. Right? Yep. It sure was. And. He he was in such a bad mood that day. He was just like so angry and upset because he just he he's not joking when he says he he hates <laughs> and specifically that movie like and it was an instant hatred. It wasn't like a I think I need to see that again to like see if I, you know, my opinion will change on it. Nope, he just instantly hated it. And I found that hilarious at the time, and I still find it hilarious. Uh, so, yeah, let, let Zachy Boy know if you do have some defense for that movie. Who knows? Maybe this will be a situation where, like, suddenly I found myself trying to defend a Half-Blood Prince movie from Sam and Emily, which is like, what, what are we doing here? What is this bizarro yeah, world? Yeah, no, Maybe I don't think it's like going it. to be that. I don't okay. think it's going to be that. I, I think <laughs> you're going to hate the movies. Okay, fair enough. I okay. love it. Can't Moving wait. on. Uh I got a little bit of a nice one here actually. Oh um, boy. So this is from our from our dude Marco. What's up, Marco? Uh I think this is the first Marco time the Phoenix. We've gotten something from Marco to read on the pod, so thanks for sending this over. Um Yeah, so he says, Dear Zach and Scott. Uh well Marco points off because you spelled my name wrong, so um that's <laughs> cool, Marco. I, I, I'm fine with it. Having finished the last installment of the Harry Potter series, I must tip my hat to the both of you, gentlemen, as that was the most hilarious rendition of a childhood classic. It definitely opened my eyes to see how all the little details connected, plus your quirky pop culture references, were underappreciated. Gave it a Ready Player One vibe with all the mix of genres quotes, the middle school dick j- jokes, and always... <laughs> Uh, and always brings out the best laughs. If anyone says otherwise, they're lying and have lost their inner youth. I wish there was a crude stock animation to match Scott's excellent storytelling. Ah, uh, yes. The pre and post show banter is a favorite of mine. Otherwise, how else would I have learned about soaking? My God. Oh, my God, the soaking. We legitimately talked about that and left it in the episode, didn't we? We left that in the episode. Why are we the way that Fucking we are? Fucking hell, dude. Soaking. Fucking shit, man. I totally forgot about that. Oh, my God. Uh, he, uh, he continues to say, a uh, big shout out to Emma, my barber, who recommended the show. Hell yeah, Emma. Hell yeah, Emma. Um, she started way before I did, so I ended up listening in 1.5 speed to catch up. <laughs> Which, by the way, makes the intro and outro music so much better. I highly recommend you all listen to oh, it. Oh, I need to check that out. Um, been sharing the podcast with everybody except my grandma's. Uh... They are no longer with us, he continues Aww. to say. <laughs> he did kind of make a joke about it, though, so so it seems like he's got a good attitude here. That's okay. cool. Uh, R.I.P. Grandmas. Um, 
Yeah, for some reason, I okay, I, he says, I know that this would have put a smile on their face. Much love for what you all do. Can't wait to hear what's next. If people ask, I'm still listening to the podcast after all this time, always. Oh, Marco. My fucking guy, dude. Dude, that makes my heart just, it makes me feel like I actually have a heart. <laughs> <laughs> that can feel things. Yeah, you know. That was great. I love that. Thank you, Marco. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's really fucking cool of you, man. Um. <clears throat> He did also comment when I when I posted um about just kind of follow up stuff for this mm-hmm. and uh he said no mention of Lockhart in the final showdown how would y'all have written him into the final battle sequence I feel like I didn't I say that all these like randos showing up No again, no no yeah like... I think Marco was saying like no mention in the books Oh like, right how, yeah how would that's we what I'm have, saying How would we have included him <sighs> I I would have had him just come come flying in on Reese Witherspoon maybe I don't know I don't know why no they Fox would be could bring him in there you go Fox yeah we didn't get Fox at the end of the book yeah Fox could bring him in he would definitely be wearing like a like a patience like yes uh, still in his patience like dressing gown um, his ass hanging out. Ass hanging out everywhere, just firing off, obliviate left and right. <laughs> uh, that's his specialty, baby. Stick with what you... If Harry has taught us anything, it's stick, stick with, with what, you, what know. you know. Stick with one spell. Dance with who brung ya. Um, Yeah, I just... like she, she brought back so many characters, I feel like. And it's not as many as I'm making it out to be. But I do think... For me, for me personally, I would have loved to have seen him there charging into Hogwarts at the end. That would have just made my entire day. But what are you going to do? Dude, you sound so sad and defeated. (laughs) Dude, I miss Lockhart so much. You know how how stoked I I was to see him in, was that five? Was that book five? Uh, yes. Jeez, maybe book five was better than I thought it was. Um, Davey says zero star review. Fuck you, Davey. God damn it, Davey. (laughs) (laughs) Davey, you can go to hell, buddy. Um, To be fair, I don't actually know if that was in response to wanting people to submit stuff for this or if this was just something (laughs) he said, but I I put it in. Could be either, knowing him. (laughs) Um, okay. All right, moving on. So from Rochelle. What's up, Rochelle? What's up, Rochelle? As always, thank you for listening. Uh, She says, all right, Scotty, you ready for this one, buddy? Oh, boy, I'm ready. Okay, bone to pick. Oh, no. And kind of intense, but important. I know you two loved, uh, you love satire and to clown around. Uh, But the Remus episode was pretty triggering. Does Scott come from a family with a mom and a dad, or at least one stable parent? I just felt like he has no idea what it is like to come from a broken home, and his lack of empathy for Harry almost made me quit listening to the podcast, honestly. Coming from a broken home myself, I would have done and said anything I had to to make sure that Teddy had his dad in his life. I understand why Harry went so hard on him, not to mention how unfair that would be to Tonks. Even if she did have help from her parents, being a single mom is a struggle, and she would also experience abandonment issues from having her husband leave her. Harry went hard on him. Harry went hard on him because he knows what it's like to grow up without parents. He was abused, neglected, and underfed child. 
We saw the Dursleys physical, physically and emotionally abuse him several times. Just seems like Scott has no idea what it's like to come from that kind of trauma. And making jokes about it just isn't that funny. Forgive me, that's harsh. And especially if Scott did actually grow up in a broken ha- uh, home, it's not kind to make assumptions, but he was so stubborn about it, so I, I truly wondered. Otherwise, I love your podcast. I was one of the listeners from Half Drunk who came, uh, who came over after your episode with him. It has truly been a wild ride, and I'm really excited to start watching The Wheel of Time next. Keep up the good work. So I think it's, it's, uh, it's coming from a place of love. For sure. Uh, thank you, Rochelle. Um, you, you, you're, you're tough, but you're right. Um, this is all totally fair. Uh, I do not come from a broken home. Uh, I, you know, both my parents are still alive and together, and you are 100% correct. I probably do not, I would say definitely do not have the empathy towards Harry that I should have, or, you know, really anyone um, in that type of situation. And listen, we've we've done the whole uh, looping thing, talked it over to death at this point, so I won't go, you know, super hard on it again. But I think my my overly strong emotional reaction to it was really just tied to uh, the fact that I was not enjoying that book at all through that point in time. And. Then we get this point where I very briefly thought, oh, hell yes, I'm going to get a bunch more Lupin in this book. Now everything is okay. And then Harry very actively denied me that. So I think that's what it boiled down to. You know, I in hindsight, I totally understand where Harry is coming from, that he was, you know, doing this to protect Lupin, doing this so... uh, little teddy could still have his father uh if i if i could cut in here too sure just i mean obviously i'm not going to speak on behalf of you but i i feel like i do know you well mm-hmm. um there's also like to, to anybody who hasn't already figured this out after listening to 50 episodes of <laughs> scott talk about harry potter i mean scott processes information extremely uh, logically and calculated, yeah, not not with yeah. a lot of emotion or or, or empathy. Not um, usually, no. And and there's, I mean, there's pros and cons to both. Obviously, I mean, I, there there's different people for different reasons, right? But like, I even when I look back at on that episode, I feel like a big like issue that you took with it was that. Harry just didn't have like the pragmatic, logical capacity to think and act that way for the reason that he said he did. Sure. Like he didn't seem meticulous enough to know that he had to go hard on him, quote unquote, right? Uh, right. To force him home and act like it was this big plan that he had or th- right. that it was his plan to, to do that. Although that is what it is. And we accept mm-hmm. that because. I mean, yes, it's open for us to interpret and 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 process, you know, these characters. But like, that is how the it, way was written. it was written, right? I mean, correct. that that is what it is. I mean, so yeah. so it is what it is, right? I mean, obviously, we're not changing that. But it it was you took a lot of issue with just being like, Harry doesn't seem like the type of person who would be smart enough to think about it like that, right? And then do that. So I I can I can respect that 
just knowing that you look at things so much more meticulously, but you still do really suck at <sighs> at being empathetic. And and I, I I I get and agree with what you're saying, but to be fair, whether it was Harry you know, planning this out and doing this intentionally to forcibly drive Lupin away or him having this emotional response to it, uh, which is how I read it, how I took it from the writing of him just, you know, he didn't have a plan. He just blew up at Lupin because right. of, you know, this whole thing for, oh, a uh, child should have his parents, blah, blah, blah. You know, I should respect that angle as well. Um, it's just when the way it was written, when Rowling presented it as after the fact where Harry was like, oh, no, yeah, I, I, that was a ruse. You know, I did that intentionally. It's like, no, you fucking didn't. Don't don't try and pull the wool over my eyes on that one. Um, so, yes, I I understand why Harry did what he did. But at the end of the day, it just it just denied me Lupin, more Lupin in the story. <laughs> and and then like, man, just I, that just made me think again about the abruptness with which the gut punch of Lupin and Tonks's death. That just. Yeah, that's heavy. stuff. That just dude. sucks. It's heavy stuff. And, uh, you know, at, th- at the end of the story, kind of Harry trying to protect Lupin in this instance is ultimately kind of futile because then Teddy does not have right. either parents. Right. So at the end of the know, day though, he, he did give uh Lupin and Tonks whether it was intentional or not. Well a little more time. He gave them more time. For sure. Uh you know, Lupin was there to see his baby born. Yes. You know And that's huge. That's that's a big deal. So Yeah. Yeah. R. I. P. Rupin uh Rupin and <laughs> Rupin and Longs. Rupin and Longs. I don't know why I was going to I hope little Teddy, uh, you know, it seems like he grew up to be pretty okay from the very brief mention we get of him. Well, you uh, get a little bit about him and Cursed Child. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, no. <laughs> well, we'll get to that when we get to yeah. it. <laughs> but again, thank you, Rochelle, for your comments. Uh, I will try and do better in the future with my empathy. But uh, yeah, I am a very logical person and I do struggle with uh, that aspect. Listen, we, we make the joke all the time that I'm a heartless, emotionless robot. And it's not a bit. You know, it's, it, it's a it's joke a because bit. it's true. You know, you know, it is a real thing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm the one that needs. Yeah, to I mean, look from from a totally like real thing. I know we've talked about this a couple times, but but when Scott and I used to work together, I mean, we we worked and managed people, mm-hmm. and it's always been something that that has not been your strong yes. suit, you know. And I, that's okay to say, you know. I mean, we're not talking yeah, shit no. here. Like that was your strengths that... were always in the planning, the execution, yes. operations, the action, the operations. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And so it like it definitely it, it not truly people. is yeah I mean it's just how you're wired and how you're built and definitely. look to be fair too Rochelle had you decided to not continue listening for that that would be totally valid and it's completely sure. okay to to think that um but I'm glad you stuck with us and of thank course you for of course it. as always yes of course um but uh but yeah I guess I guess what I'm saying is that like people's feelings are valid and for sure and you are kind of a dick sometimes. 
And I'm oh, also definitely. and I'm also a little over emotional sometimes, you know. So <laughs> it is what it is, right? That's right. Um, That's the way we are. So all right, <clears throat> moving on. Thanks again, Rochelle. We appreciate it. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, we appreciate you a ton. Okay, yeah. So this uh, this next one is from our listener Madison, uh, who has submitted uh, in and sent some good comments over and good feedback. Uh, for a while now. So uh, thanks for listening, Madison, and thanks for always interacting. I, I appreciate the hell out of it. Sup, Madison? Uh, she said, loved this week's episode and all of your jokes coming through full circle. Um, I also Unlikely. I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That makes it seem like Scott and I are way more put together than we are. And it's just... It's just not true, I tell you. It's pure happenstance <laughs> if that happened. Uh, I also had to pause and collect myself at the friend bit at the end because uh, that made me laugh really hard. I honestly, and I'm sorry, Madison, um, I don't remember what this joke was. Do you have any clue? Friend bit. No, I can't remember. The thing is, is like so much dumb shit just comes out of our yeah, mouths. It's, it's true. Like, especially when we hit record like it just it just kind of goes everywhere also, yeah also to be fair like by the t- that when we're recording this right now and when i edited that episode it's been probably One week close to two months at- no it's been <laughs> it's been probably close to two months so yeah yeah it has. i do not remember a friend a bit i'm sorry well we'll, we'll have glad to it figure made it you out. laugh yeah i am glad it made you laugh <laughs> Uh, she says she continues to say, "I actually have many of the same feelings as you on the end of the Harry Potter series." Mm. Also, I'm probably so accurate feelings. Yeah, well, I think she's talking to me, but uh... well, I mean, we shared a lot, didn't we? Yeah, we did touch tips. Quite we a should... bit. <laughs> Damn it, I was about to go there, but you made me do it. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm faster on the draw, man. Yeah, you beat me to a lot of things. <laughs> Uh, she says, also, I'm probably totally wrong, but when you said our next series, my first thought was that uh, the, ju- the jumped in my head was initially that you guys were going to do Twilight. Uh, oh, my God. Madison is the one, if I, if I remember correctly, Madison is, is the one who made a deal about us talking about Twilight. Do you oh remember that? Oh, my God. Or about yes, me talking about so. Twilight when you, I you talk. I remember you talking <laughs> you about Twilight twi- incessantly for like six weeks in a row. Yeah, you would not shut up about fucking Twilight. Yeah. Um. Ugh. So yeah, she says I had to pause again because I imagine how ridiculous that would be and how hilarious y'all shitting on it would be. See, people want to hear shit on stuff, I man. Ki- yeah, it kind of seems that way. You know what? I would not. I would not be terribly upset to do the twilight movies i would never read the books i'm gonna say that confidently right here and now (laughs) but i would shit on the movies for a couple episodes absolutely Absolutely. i would defend them with all of my honor of course you would (laughs) i would i would shit on them but then every other word would be that robert pattinson's real hot though huh Dude. It's like this movie sucks ass, but Robert Pattinson. Though. Hell yeah, dude! His his crystally nipples, love his it. Chris- <laughs> crystally nipples. <laughs> okay, <laughs> crystally nipples has to be the name of this one. 
That's gonna be my can, new gamer tag. Can we can we put nipples in a podcast? Oh uh, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Is that allowed? Who cares? I think if we've true. already proved we don't give a fuck about yeah, listeners. True, <laughs> true, true, true. Okay. Um I'm really looking forward to what you have going on. Uh and I will be catching up uh hopefully Lord of the Rings, extra Harry Potter stuff, and can't wait for whatever your next series will be. Uh thank you for the hilarious journey. Thank she you, also Madison. Says, um I would love to hear Oh right, yes, I did I saved this. I'll I need to send this to you now. Uh I want to hear Scott's reaction to this dumb uh Crookshanks meme that she sent Whoa. weeks ago. Um yeah, let me let me flip this over to you now. Anything involving Crookshanks has to be great. I mean, if Crookshanks isn't already the hero of the story, if this happens, well shit. Oh boy. All right. Uh, so, if Ronald let Crookshanks eat scabbers, Sirius, Lupin, Cedric, Fred, Tonks, and Dobby wouldn't have died, and the hero of the series would have been a cat. True! Dude. My goodness, how have I never made that connection before? (laughs) (laughs) Hell yes. Uh, I mean, listen... A a braver story would have let uh, Crookshanks be the hero (laughs) of the story. Like that's just that's so so brave. If if she had just been like ended her series at book three and just been like, nah, yeah, ate the ate the rat and that's the end. All done. Crookshanks is now an Auror, and uh, (laughs) and and all of Crookshanks' kids are named after people he likes. So they would still be named like Sirius Lupin and shit. Yeah, yep. Okay. Um, oh, man. That is great. Uh, thank you, as always, Madison. We we appreciate it. Um, next one is from Hannah. Uh, I have t- What's up, Hannah? I have two things to say this week. Lucky you. Uh, I finished listening to the last episode where you talked about wishing JKR had written some... Written that some Slytherins had stayed... Oh, right, yes. Oh yeah, this yeah. is this is cool. This is cool. Um, I I wonder how we should do this because I do want. It's not very long. It's like it's she she wrote a chat. Okay, hold on. Let me let me read this. Okay, I just finished listening to the last episode where you talked about wishing uh, JKR had written that some Slytherins had actually stayed, and I got really excited because I felt so deeply, uh, because I so deeply agree. And I got so excited that I accidentally got out my computer and wrote the chapter. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Obviously, this is a little fan fiction-y. No way. And she says in, in parentheses, yeah, it's 100% fan fiction, but I cannot admit that as I'm a fully grown adult. So truly... <laughs> I can't admit that as a fully grown Yeah, Hannah adult. seems cool as fuck. Dude. Hell yeah, Hannah. <laughs> um... She says, so truly, no need to read it if that's not your guys' style. I debated sending, but figured uh, if someone had written something inspired by what I, uh, what you said, that you know, you would probably like to see it. Yes, um, I am so into I do this. have the Google Doc. Um, okay, should we just read it aloud? I mean, are, you can't read it silently. No, Zach. I'm saying like, that's should I send it to you and you just read it and we talk about it, or should we read it on the podcast? Is what I'm saying. How how long are we talking here? Uh, it's it really isn't very long. Um, okay, well, just read it, okay, man. All right. 
Let me let me get it. Let's out. see. I have done enough dramatic reading through this entire <laughs> damn series. Let's see your dramatic reading. Oh skills, no! Now it's a test. Ah, it's a test. It was a ruse. <laughs> it was a ruse. <laughs> okay, so she has it titled "Battle Alternate." Okay, excellent. Cassie was unsure how her feet continued to move while she felt so frozen, pinned in place by the weight of McGonagall's stare and utter dismissal. Her gaze was fixed straight forward, staring without truly seeing the throng of her housemates shuffling along the corridors and up the stairs. She neither knew nor cared whether Slughorn and the prefects were leading them. She was vaguely aware of Kellen and Ada beside her, as well as Cinda and Emmeline at her back, and wondered if her friends felt as miserable as she did. If the rest of your house would follow, rang in her ears, blotting out the distant, frantic sounds of battle preparation. It took until they had finally reached the sixth floor staircase for Cassie to shake off her shock, enough to identify what she was feeling. Anger. It was anger and a wild indignation that rattled away in her chest. There had been no thought, no moment of consideration that every Slytherin might not share Pansy's sentiment. Of course, some, perhaps most, certainly would, but the entire house of Slytherin? Cassie realized that for seven years she had held onto some, onto some vague notion that while the other students saw her house as an indistinguishable mass of evil, the teachers, at least were wiser, had hoped that someone in the castle acknowledged that some Slytherins silently dissented, even though it was impossible to stay aloud and survive. They can rot. Cassie started at Kellen's mutter, glancing over at him. He too stared straight ahead, jaw set. I'm glad they made us leave. His thoughts must be mirroring her own. Her steps slowed and Ada, Cinda, and Emmeline followed suit, allowing the rest of the Slytherins to pull ahead out of earshot. Kellen turned, surprised, and hung back to, to let them catch up. I feel sick, whispered Ada. I can't believe it's happening now. This whole year we've sat here just dreading it, and now it's finally here. Do you think they can do it? Potter and all the rest? Do you think there's any chance? No, Kellen cut off Cinda sharply. None. If you didn't notice, the Dark Lord is here. He's sitting outside of the school right now waiting for Harry Potter. And when he doesn't get to him, he'll turn the whole school to rubble. Potter will be found and killed. Every idiot who stays will die. The doom in Kellen's harsh speech settled over them. Cassie met Ada's wide stare and saw Cinda and Emmeline shared the same frightened look. The rolling mass of emotions twisted in her gut, and suddenly she felt nauseous too. Kellen's word had tempered her indignation. Now, McGonagall's condemnation paled in comparison to the oncoming slaughter and what that defeat would mean. It hit her suddenly that this was the last stand. Potter was here. The Order was here. The very last of Dumbledore's supporters were betting everything on this fight. If they lost, it was all over. They said they were holding him off, she said suddenly. Maybe they have a plan. Maybe they know something. Kellen was shaking his head before she had even finished. Nothing can stop him. You know that as well as I do. Cassie's sense of nausea doubled. She felt sick with fear and anger, and that creeping sense of shame that grew with every step forward. Abruptly, they were faced with an open doorway. As the last of the Slytherins before them entered a room she had never seen before, her feet, which carried her forward so unthinkingly for the past quarter hour, suddenly halted. Emmeline gave a soft cry of protest as she walked directly into Cassie, Cassie's suddenly still form. 
She could feel the others gaping at her as she stared motionless at the doorway. Cass, what are you doing? Come on. Kellen was halfway through the door, impatient. Her feet remained planted, her mind whirling. Cass? Cassie, we need to leave. This fight is about to start and we have to get out of here, Ada's voice now strained and urgent. Cassie could feel in her desperation and knew that Ada was close to begging. Her own internal voice screaming at her. Leave. Run. There's nothing you can do. It was as though her body and brain had completely disconnected, unable to step forward through, though every ounce of logic told her she must. We have to move. The Hufflepuffs are about to catch up. Emmeline muttered, tugging Cassie to the side. Emmeline led her to a windowed alcove across the corridor with her friends trailing after, Kellen bringing up the rear and wearing a stormy expression. Cassie, you heard Ada. It's time to go. I can't. She hadn't even meant to say it. Yet there it was. She couldn't go. Without even realizing it, she had decided she couldn't walk away from this moment, this last desperate stand. What is that supposed to mean? Kellen demanded furiously, all his anger now directed at her. Words, he, words she had never known she was harboring poured out. I can't leave, Kellen. I'm sorry, I don't know why, but I can't leave everyone here to die. I can't imagine living with myself knowing I walked away. We know this is wrong, we've seen how, how evil he is and what he'll turn this world into. This is the last chance to stop him. The Order, Potter, his friends, they're choosing this fight to whatever end, and I can't leave it to everyone else and just hope they take him down. All we ever do, do is hide and choke back our words and, I try to, and try to survive. And I am so sick of it. I won't do it anymore. She was breathing hard now, hands trembling uncontrollably. The silence stretched for what felt like minutes. Ada's face was now a mask of horror as she slowly shook her head. Cinda looked confused, and Emmeline merely watched Cassie with an unreadable expression. Kellen, of course, found words first. Gritting his teeth, he spat out, Wonderful. Just wonderful for you that you've stumbled across this sudden morality. Allow me to invite you back to the real world. There's no way anyone is walking out of here alive. If you want to think of me as a coward, fine. But I'm not dying for any of these people. They have looked down on us since we were 11, Cass, 11 years old, with no control what house we got sorted into and why we were suddenly just little Death Eaters. We were dismissed, he sneered. Tonight and now, we have what we have all been waiting for since the second we got here. We kept our heads down and we're about to make it out. We'll go abroad and put this all behind us and be safe, finally. Please, Cass, please, let's go. His voice turned soft at the end, the harsh lines of his face giving, a, giving way as he pleaded. She knew he was angry and scared, and she understood why. Understood that she had suddenly and unexpectedly turned away from the chance at freedom they had all wanted so badly. But the indecision that had caused her to waver in the moment she faced that door was steadily strengthening to resolve, and not even Kellen could make her forget it. What about your brother, Cassie? Ada asked in a quiet voice. What will you do if he's here? Will you fight him? Cassie closed her eyes, trying to shut out the image of Nolan, Juan raised. I would. I would fight my sister. Cassie's eyes shot open as she whipped to face Emmeline, who was looking back at her with a positively ferocious expression. Ada put her head in her hands. Emmeline continued, eyes bright, apparently feeling the same conviction that had swept over Cassie. Just because she chose her side it doesn't mean I don't get to choose mine. You're right, Cass. This is it. I'm going to stay. I'm going to fight. She looked around, meeting each pair of eyes with careful deliberation. And I'm not fighting for anyone who hates us, she said, and she finally looked at Kellen. I'm fighting because it's the only right thing to do. Oh, so good. 
Is that the end? No, it's not the end. <laughs> there, there. It's 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 almost said. This is good though. Okay. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, this is fucking good, right? Finish it up. Finish okay, okay, it okay, up. Okay. Finish it. All right, finish all right. it. As if to punctuate her sentence, the whole castle seemed to shake at that exact moment. Screams filled the corridor as underage students waiting to file through the mysterious doorway clutched one another for comfort. It was as though the small bubble that formed around them as they argued had burst into the world, had burst, and the world turned back into focus. The bangs, crashes, and faint screams from below now echoed in Cassie's ears. Multicolored light reflected across Ada's face, who stood closest to the window. Cassie turned to stare out at the grounds below, and her heart sputtered. Bursts of red, purple, blue, and Cassie's stomach clenched. Green light illuminated knots of fighters. They were too far to make out any individuals or even glean what direction the fight was leaning. <laughs> oh, what are all of you still doing here? I was just about to close the door. Hurry now, Slughorn. Foghorn Slughorn had bustled back <laughs> out of the room after ushering the last of the fleeing students. He held the door open, expectant, then confused. No one moved. Kellen had his back turned to them, the frustration radiating from, from him nearly palpable. Ada still had her head in her hands. Cinda appeared frozen, and Emmeline had turned halfway as if to make her way back down the corridor. Cassie just stood, watching Ada's shoulders shaking with, with a slow, crushing realization. The righteous fire she had, she had felt only moments before seemed to die in her chest, leaving only hollow certainty. The castle gave another violent shake. Ada fell against the alcove wall, letting out a ter- terrifying sob. I'm sorry, she cried, looking desperately at Cassie, tears now streaming down her face. I'm sorry, she repeated. I can't do it. This is all too much. My parents, I, he'll kill us all for staying. I just can't do it. I have to go. And with a last glance at Cassie that sent a shard of glass through her heart, she darted to the door and disappeared from sight. Kellen watched her go, but did not move. Well now, Slughorn pronounced for a moment, clearly uncomfortable. It sounds as though I am needed below. When you all have a major decision, the last shall seal the doorway. He turned, a, he turned as if to go. Sir, why are you fighting? Cinda's quiet question hung in the air. She seemed so childlike in that moment, Cassie thought. So earnest and lost. Slughorn looked back and was silent for a moment, as if considering, then took several steps across the corridor and inclined his head toward her. My dear, he said, voice heavy with a gravity Cassie had never before attributed to the bumbling potions master, there comes a time for people gifted as we are, when our talents prove insufficient, when there are no strings left to pull, no clever games left to be won, when our cunning can shield us no more, and we are left bare before the choices that will define us. There are not so many moments in which we discover the true depth of our character, and when they arrive, we can only hold on to what, feel, what we feel is right and blaze forward until the guise of the person we wish to be. And with that, he turned, set his shoulders, and marched purposely down the corridor to join his chosen fight. All right. <clears throat> Neville sprinted down the stairs, ignoring the stitch in his side. Seamus and Dean matched his steps as they flew into the entryway, ready to join the fight on the grounds where the Death Eaters were making a push for the doors. They had just passed Professor Sprouts and a stampede of students shouting something about mandrakes when the three of them nearly hurtled into a head-on collision with three girls. Neville froze as he took in the silver and green accented clothing and registered Seamus raising his wand. The group was led by a short, dark-haired seventh-year that he vaguely recognized. 
Her name was something Rosier. Cassandra? The girl Cassandra, he supposed, lifted her chin, ignoring Seamus and asking and asked, Where do you need us? Neville's jaw dropped, stunned. Before he could think of what to say, another figure skidded to a halt beside them. The three Slytherin girls and one gave a sharp intake of breath. Neville recognized the newcomer as another seventh-year Slytherin whose eyes locked immediately on Cassandra. After a fleeting, silent understanding seemed to have passed between them, the boy looked up from Cassandra's face. He met Neville's eyes, set his jaw, and said in a clear, deliberate voice, they were wrong. For a moment, as chaos and terror and reckless hope whirled around them, the two groups merely stared at one another. Neville saw Seamus's wand lower from the corner of his eye. He shook his head in wonder and more than a little regret. I think we all were, mate. The boy's head lowered a fraction of his inch in a, in a barely perceptible nod. Neville turned back to face Cassandra. They need help on the grounds. The group glanced at each other briefly, then turned as one, then turned as one and raced to join the fray, disappearing into the night as the Gryffindor stared after them. The end. Is that the end? That's the end. Put it in the book! Dude! <laughs> Yo! <laughs> Hannah. It was Hannah, right? Uh, yes, it was Hannah. Yep. There, was, there was names in that story now that I, I couldn't remember. Yes, Hannah. Yo! Hannah. Okay. <laughs> couple, couple things. Uh, a, that was, that was a little longer than I expected. But B, that was so much freaking better than I expected. Dude. Holy shit. Like, Cassie... Uh, Kellen, uh, Ada, those were all more realized, more real, had more character development than basically any of the side <laughs> characters in, you know, I'm talking like the side side, like Seamus, for example. Right, 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 right. Uh, in the entire series. Well done. That was so good. I loved that. Yeah, dude, that was fucking rad. That was really rad. Very good, like... Uh, Painted a very clear picture. I felt like I was there. Uh, good conversation. Good struggle. Loved it. Well done. Hell yeah. Dude, yeah. I So when she sent that over, I mean, obviously this was, you know, a while back. Mm-hmm. I, I read it and was like, holy shit, that was sick as fuck. I want to read that more of so that. Good. And that was so good. I was really, really tempted to send it to you, but I was like, I should, I should just save it. Save it. I should yeah. save it, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad you did too. That was phenomenal. Um, that was honestly way more than I wanted because I, I think at the time when we were discussing that, I basically said like, listen, all I, all I need is like a paragraph of there being like you know a couple leftovers standing there saying something to the effect of. Hey, we're not all shitheads. We're not all evil shitheads. We want to help fight. Right. Well, from that perspective, w- that would have made sense. Right. That's all I would have needed. But holy shit, that was so good, Hannah. <laughs> yeah. That was like you you truly did like invent and fully realize these characters in just, you know, one short chapter and give them you know, a a, a struggle to overcome. That was so good. I enjoyed the hell out of that. <laughs> yeah. That was phenomenal. Fuck yeah. Um, so. Thank you for sending that. I'm glad you did it, and I'm glad you didn't, you know, uh, you're right. Uh, fan fiction is an adult. Uh, there's certainly a, a stigma there, shall we say. But calling that fan fiction, you know, that's a disservice. That's just writing. Was, that's just good writing. Just, that was just good writing. So yeah. it may be technically classified as fan fiction, but that was just solid writing. Yep, 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 yep. 
Okay. Um, all right. So last two here. Actually, no, I'm lying that we have a couple more, but. Okay. Um, <laughs> Thanks for the update. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So next one here is from Kat on Instagram. Oh, Kat. Uh, not, not Kat. Oh, not, not okay. our friend Kat. A different Not cat. our friend Kat that sends us all the swag. Yeah. Different cat. Different gotcha. cat. Yeah. Um, so Kat says, <laughs> uh, I'm very glad Scott could at least recognize that, quote unquote, Barry was a baller and that McG and Molly are absolute queens. Yes. Why did we never Wait, call who and Molly? McG. Why did we never call McGonagall McG? That's a good name. I don't know. That is good. That's a I good like name. that. Yeah, Mc- Why don't you call her McG? You're the McGonagall stand. Yeah, I, I guess I should. McG and Molly, certified queens. Right. Absolutely correct. Uh, uh, she says, I feel like Scott has very intense feelings about James. Uh, yeah. Lily is described <laughs> as being someone who is good to her core. Uh, my canon is that she helped bring James out of his teenage bully phase and grow into a decent person. Otherwise, she would have never been with him. Uh, Scott, you sure have a I, lot of love for Snape, who as a teen was a prejudiced bully who participated in attacks on Muggleborns and continued to bully children as an adult to the point where he made them cry. Bullying is never okay. <laughs> but one of your self-proclaimed favorites was about the biggest bully of all. And I get it. Uh, you don't have to agree with a character to like them. Snape is yes, one of thank you. one of my favorite. Excuse me. Snape is one of my favorites, too, because he is so complex. All I'm saying is that if you can be okay with Snape and Lupin, who were both childish as adults, maybe you can consider the possibility that James wasn't always a little shit. <sighs> Okay, that's hold on. That's wait, fair. I actually, I wanna, I actually wanna get a chance to to fucking say this first. Okay, say it first. Okay, headcanon isn't shit. Isn't we true? see writing that talks about Snape and how he's changed and how you know who he is now. Right, right. I'm again not necessarily defending Snape. We've had this whole conversation with yes, Sam and Emily in last episode. Say, yeah, go see the last. Yeah, but go listen to that. But there is. The work was put in for those characters. Yes. There was no there work was put in There was nothing said ever about James becoming a good man. Ever. Correct. Correct. So, while, while your see, headcanon is probably right, because Lily is yeah. a fantastic human being. That makes sense. What you're saying makes sense, but that was never, that was never stated or even implied in the books, you know? Yeah. Like, here's the thing. This this was a major problem I had with Harry, but also by extension, I guess, James is like, everyone always talked about how, oh, how much people loved Lily and James and like, oh, they were the best people and this, that and the other. But then every time we actually firsthand saw or like, I guess, secondhand through memories, whatever you want to call it, James Potter he was being an absolute shit heel. Yeah. So that sort of like a disconnect where it's like, I'm being told these people are telling right. me, Oh, James like, Potter. Like show so us great. something good. He did show me one thing, literally just one thing that he did good. And maybe I can buy that. But 
Instead, you're showing me nothing but him being a fucking asshole. And hold on, let, let us clarify. We're not telling you, Cat. We're right, say, right. We're saying yes, the books. Yeah. We're, we're telling yes. the books. Like, we're, yeah, we're telling the writing. Yeah, no, no. Cat. We're not yes. being hostile this... to Cat. Cat, thank you for setting this submission <laughs> yes. in. <laughs> yes, thank you for clarifying that. This is directed at Rowling's writing. Um, show me one thing where I can believe that maybe he could have turned into a good person instead of literally everything he does being just awful, bully, awful. Um, and yeah, again, we don't need to relitigate the, the Snape stuff. We spent plenty of time on that with Sam and Emily. Um, and you know, I even floated the theory that, hey, is, does the pensive take people's like prejudice and biases into account. It does not seem like that is the case. Like it's pretty much pure unadulterated memory. Right. Un- unless, um, unless like, you have manually altered it. Right. Like th- it might as well be a video recording, you know, of what happened. Right. Um. So even something like that, if, you know, if we were only seeing it from Snape's perspective and Snape's prejudice and biases towards James Potter had made him seem worse than he actually was, Sure, but no, it's just he actually was that terrible. And and the same thing with Harry, you know, where all the the teachers and, you know, people love Harry so much. And I, Harry actually did some things. We actually saw Harry do some things where I could buy that like, oh yeah, some people could like him. Um anyway, I I got a little in the weeds there. Uh <laughs> yes, thank you, Cat. Uh I appreciate your headcanon. It makes sense. It does. It, Lily, it, it truly Lily, does. I mean, despite yeah. despite me kind of coming in hot, like it, <laughs> it, it, the head cannon is is kind of how I would perceive it as well. Sure. I just think that I just think that when we're looking at the actual books, that that what is in the text, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. and head cannon. Uh, yes, we joke about it, right? There's certain things that we're like, oh, my head cannon is this, yeah, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But head cannon is is really just plot filling. I mean it's it's yeah. a it's a plot hole that we're having to headcanon something in there. Yes. That is the point of it. Um so unfortunately it's it's not a fantastic That's a fault argument. of the writing. Right, That's exactly. A fault of it, 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 writing. it is a fault of the writing. Uh although you are probably correct. And I guarantee yes. if if JK Rowling was asked this question, she probably has been, uh she would probably say the same thing. And so Lily, yeah. so cool, but that should have been I I would like to make a petition to add to actual real canon that chapter from Hannah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Fuck, <laughs> that dude. ruled. That was good. <laughs> that ruled. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks again, Kat. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, next, next comment or submission here is from Melanie. What's up, Melanie? <laughs> this one's funny. Uh, Scott's... <laughs> Scott spent oh, no. so much time trashing Harry. I'd like to know if Scott has ever met or hung out with a teenager. Was Scott ever a teenager himself? Uh, no, he wasn't. Let's just clear that up right now. Scott no, is a robot. Yes. We established I was built in a factory. Um, uh, what was his personality like during those years? Uh, oh, was boy. he warm, forgiving, easy to please? Now add Harry's background and the fact that he's got this incredible burden slash destiny that he doesn't really want. He's just a kid. I want Scott to really think about that. <sighs> okay. Again, this is all true and fair. Um, 
and and I mentioned this in the last episode with Sam and Emily, but a big portion of why I was so hard on Harry is because we spend, you know, 99% of the books, reading the books, were, were in his head. You know, this is from his perspective. It's what he's thinking. It's what he's seeing. It's how he's perceiving things. Mm-hmm. And when so many of the characters around him who were also teenagers, Hermione, Neville, to name a few, are like, in every instance we see them either just really phenomenally great or, or just growing. like the or growing in Neville's case, or just the best friend always all the time that could ever exist in Hermione, giving the most thoughtful gifts and just being a hundred percent emotionally and physically available yeah, always. Flawless always. Um and just having Harry's like internal thoughts when he's like being a shitty friend in like book five or like mopey and shitty in book five uh it's just it's hard to not it's hard to not pick at that it's yeah. hard for me to not have a negative reaction right. to that um you know the the interesting thing about that too is like i mean we just got through through saying like headcanon you know is, is it's right. it's a it's a plot hole filling device um you know like I understand it was a different time, and I think people have more of an awareness to mental health and sure. and um, emotional health now. So you know, I can't I can't necessarily fault JKR for this for this. However, there there isn't a whole lot of mention in the books, other than us knowing about his past. Right, we are having to fill in right. that blank. We are having to say, man, that would suck if he grew up like that. Like, that would probably make you be this way. Right. Some mention of y- this affecting right, him. Right, right, right. But there, there isn't any, anything in right. text about, you know, about how, man, like, the way that I was brought up really kind of fucked me up, right? I mean, like, obviously Should that's... we draw those conclusions on our own? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I probably should have, but... I guess <sighs> what I'm saying is... What I'm saying... Here, like, I... Look, the the point I'm making is that for a character that we emotionally invest in, we will make excuses for them always. Sure. Okay. Yes. And and I don't think that's a bad thing because I I mean you guys heard me, uh, you know, argue with Scott specifically about Harry for fifty episodes. Yes. So I I am on your side, by the way. Like let's <laughs> let me just set set the record straight here. Hold on a minute. <laughs> um, but. I do actually think, even as somebody who does has, have empathy for Harry and who does appreciate his decision-making, some of, and who does, you know, really... I mean, I, I just, I get it, you know? I, I try and put myself in those, in those shoes. Um, I don't really think that the books paint that. That's, yeah. that's me loving the story, painting that. Right? That's I us, think, so... I think as far as character work goes... She did an amazing job with so many characters, but did drop the ball a little when it came to Harry specifically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Harry didn't and truly level up opinion. until, seriously, until book seven, yeah. man, when Barry yep. came out. When Barry came came alive, came out to play. Um, to, to, to also address a couple other parts of the question there, um, 
I I don't fully remember what I was like when I was a teenager. Uh, I'm pretty sure I hated most other teenagers. <laughs> Scott, uh, so in- including myself, also probably. Scott was uh, definitely not a teenager because he's always somehow been a grumpy 84 year old man. That's true. I am a grumpy old man, always um, yelling at the kids to get off my lawn, even when I was like 15. Um. But listen, this this isn't just a Harry thing. I mean, I called out Ron's dumbass plenty of times. Uh, they there were a lot of shitty teenage dumb things. Um, so I, I recognize I was especially hard on Harry, and yes, I should have taken his upbringing more into account. But the text also does not da, draw do a great job of drawing those correlations, as you have stated, Zach. So. Yeah, partially on me, but also partially on the writing, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so I've got a couple. Um, our one of our listeners, Michael. What's up, Michael? Uh, or Archangel from Twitter. That's a badass Sick. name. <laughs> That's an X Man. That is an X Man. Didn't we? Didn't we talk about X Men <laughs> yeah, with, with Sam, Sam and Emily? And Emily. <laughs> <laughs> um. He he just sent in uh, a handful of just kind of cool, fun facts. Uh, little fun facts for the wrap-up episode. Hell yeah. These aren't Zach facts. These they're are not. Facts. No, they're not, actually. In fact, I thought about doing some Zach facts, and I was like, ah, I got that list from Michael. We're good. <laughs> okay, sick. <laughs> also, that, the, the whole Zach fact bit can die, live and die in the You Lord said we'll get some Zach only. facts if we're lucky, so that means you like them. So fuck right mm, off. I don't think I said that. You said you that. Can't prove Check that. The tape. You can't prove it. Check the tape. <laughs> Check it again. Check it again. All right. Uh, he says, um, so the Death Eater that killed Fred was Rookwood, who betrayed the oh, okay. ministry for Voldemort. This reflects right. Percy, who struggled with uh, the ministry versus family. He, uh, he screamed Rookwood and like tore off after him the last time, kind of the last time we see Percy, right. as yep. I recall. Yep. During the fight, anyway. Yeah. Uh, early in book five, uh, you spoke about who Dolohov was. Uh, Dolohov was the Death Eater who was charged with the murder of Fabian and Gideon Pruitt, Molly's brothers, mm. who Fred and George loosely are named after. And one of them was the owner of, it was the watch. his watch that Molly gave to him. It Harry, was right? uh, Fabian's, I believe, yeah. Fabian, that's cool stuff. Grace, great moment, by the way. Yeah. Phenomenal. One of, the, one of the best standout moments in the series. Yes, yes, when Molly gave him the watch. Yep, for sure. Uh, you both shit on Ron, and while va- valid, uh, I think that Ron was vital in one thing. Uh, when he leaves Harry, when he leaves, Harry loses all motivation. I don't know that I nec- I don't know that I completely agree with that actually. Wait, is that supposed to be a positive? I'm waiting yeah, for like Yeah, well, the other- so so he gives some examples. <laughs> In book 4 during the fight, uh Harry makes zero headway against uh his problems. That's just kind of at the Harry time until literally Harry. the day before the first task. And in book 7, Harry makes zero headway in the Horcrux quest. Um I see I don't I don't think that that's really the the case though. They made some headway, didn't they? Yeah, I mean they they went to Godric's Hollow. They went to Godric's Hollow. Yeah. Um. That's up. That, that's up for. Did that day. accomplish anything, though? To be fair. I mean, they figured out. 
they saw the symbol of the Deathly Hallows. Yeah, I they guess. figured out that it was uh, Grindelwald. I guess no. Okay, they didn't. They didn't make any headway on the Horcrux yeah. thing. Okay, yeah, you might that's be right. True. Eh, maybe you're onto something. Okay. Listen, I listen as much shit as I gave Ron throughout the books. I would just like to again point out, Zach, you sack of shit. I did not uh, blame Ron for the evil Horcrux, like forcing him away. Just like you shouldn't fucking give Frodo shit. For the evil I, ring, I'm starting making to think, him shitty. I'm starting to think now that when you were reading it, you're like, "Oh, this is very similar to Frodo," and I know Zach hates Frodo, so I'm gonna say this is all fine and dandy, just so it I can use ruse. it as ammo. You bitch. No, although that is the type of evil mastermind plan <laughs> yes, I would definitely it do. Is. So you're not wrong. Um, here's another good one. Uh, J.K. has said that the reason that Voldemort can't love is because he was conceived under the use of a love potion. Yeah, I f- did did Sam or Emily mention that briefly? I feel like I that came up s- somewhere recently. I don't remember if they did. Um but that's good info. I heard that somewhere. Um <laughs> look at you a very... fan just hearing Harry Potter things now. No, 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 no. I don't know that I li- uh, like that. Why? <sighs> just cuz like it's listen some some characters just let them be evil. We don't need like an out, like an excuse for Voldy's evilness, you know? Uh sure. No, I I agree. And and I think that a lot of that is still him i just think his i actually kind of like it so the thing is is like it's not that voldemort doesn't care about love or doesn't like you know doesn't value it or anything like that i mean i that is a that is a product of his of his issues but dumbledore says several times that he is physically not capable of loving Mm, like he is just yeah yeah he like he is Mm. just not capable of love and so for for it to just be such a black and white thing there, I do I do kind of like that there's a reason to that. Like like how does that how does that breaker get turned off in the basement, you know? <laughs> right. I I guess like uh, I'm glad there is like a reasoning behind it if that is the case that he truly physically just cannot love like emotionally, I guess it would be more than physically. But uh yeah, I like I just I don't I feel like this is an issue I have in other stories where it's like, oh, the bad guy, you learn at the end that, you know, it it, it wasn't all his fault and he did Oh, sure, 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 sure. That's just like, I'm not saying this is that exactly, but that's just kind of a tired trope that I have never really loved. Um, And I just, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I can go both ways on that. Fair enough. Um, so one of the next ones here is Luna ends up marrying. I'm so I'm still upset that she doesn't marry Neville. No, no, don't break my heart. Yeah, she with doesn't. This. She doesn't marry Neville. Luna ends up marrying the great grandson of Newt Scamander, the main character no. in the Fantastic Beasts movies. Yeah, that fucking blows, huh? 
Okay, we talked a lot about headcanon, and my headcanon <laughs> rejects that completely. Because even in the movie, doesn't at the end of the last movie, Neville says something like, I gotta go find Luna, and like, schmooch her and give her some lovin' or something like that. Something, something to, that effect. to that effect. Yeah, yeah, definitely the lovin', I gotta give her some lovin' part. Um, Give, give her some of my Neville. Little, <laughs> introduce her to Luna. Yeah, I got this <laughs> sweet Jr. new sword. Yeah. <laughs> There it is. I was trying to workshop that joke. We got there. Yeah, we got there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saving my ass yeah, there, dude. bud. <laughs> Just cut off the head of the snake. Now I'm going to show her my snake. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there it is. And now we're on a roll. All right. Yeah, no, don't like that. Oh, no, Michael, no. Um, And now the greatest fact of them all. Okay. Uh, wands with bayonets at the end probably would have made the duels way better because yes! because oh, because can't. zap zap stab stab is way better. <laughs> true, dude. Can we put Big that true on a there? Oh my god, zap dude. zap stab stab is definitely way better. Uh, Neville gave Luna the old zap zap stab stab. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yo, wait, hold on. I can picture it now. A knife and a wand making an X, and just zap zap stab stab around yes. it. Yes. Oh, that's a great design. Yes. Oh my gosh, we need to get on that. Um, Fuck, that's hilarious. I love how they were all like, oh, J.K. Rowling has said, like, actual true, like, Harry Potter Uh facts, and at the end, it's just like, oh, also, yeah, you're right, because Zap Zap Steps. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That is amazing. Yeah, so I think the the only other one, so that's everything, by the way. Okay, I mean, there, there were, there were a handful of others, but I think those were... Some of them were a little bit repetitive, and so that was it. So first off, I just have to say thank you, everybody, for taking the time to send in uh, some submissions and bones to pick Definitely. and a badass fucking chapter. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I, as I, I know we, we talk about this a lot, but we, we really do truly appreciate your engagement and, uh, you know, when you reach out. It does make us feel um, appreciated, which is nice. I think everybody yeah. deserves that every now and then. Uh, so thank you. Uh, thank you for that. We we really, really do uh, love it. So uh, the last thing I, I had for you, Scott, was just kind of like, um, I don't know that it's like necessarily a Zach fact, because it's not, it's not like a hardline fact, but a lot of people draw, you may have seen this, a lot of people draw the um Yeah, cuz apparently I'm just a Harry Potter fan that sees things. I mean, you now. are, yeah. <laughs> um a lot of people draw the parallel to the three brothers uh with Dumbledore being like representing death and then Voldemort, Snape, and Harry uh representing the three brothers. So Voldemort being um you know, the power hungry one. Uh, Snape being the one that died for love and Harry being the one with the invisibility cloak, of course. And Okay, I can see those three. How is Dumbledore Well, so because death? Dumbledore... <sighs> a couple different things. So, uh, first off, when Harry, quote-unquote, dies, uh, mm-hmm. the, whole, the whole bit about, which I love, and you're going to roll your eyes, the whole bit about, like, he greeted death as an old friend. I mean, it's. I think it's cool that, that Dumbledore is the one that's waiting for him there. 
Uh, he did also possess all three Hallows um, uh, at one point. At one time, sure. Um, but, I mean, he readily admits that he was not the true master of the Hallows, that it's Harry. So wouldn't Harry be death? I mean... he mastered the Hallows? Yeah, I guess he could, sure. Um, yeah, I just... I, I, I like that idea. Um, also, because Dumbledore is a major plotting, fucking scheming, wrecking ball mm, of death true. and destruction. Okay, that's true. That's fair. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, that was it. I, uh, I didn't really have a lot or really anything to, to bring here. I just wanted to get a chance to talk about some of the stuff that people had sent sure. in. Did you have anything? Yeah, I would like to just once again, you know, we kind of had this as our community feedback episode, if you will. And I would just like to, you know, once again, I'm not on the social media, uh, like Zach mentioned, you know, that's kind of his, his domain. So he runs that and takes care of it for us. But, uh, I just want to personally thank everybody that does reach out, you know, as you've seen, Zach reads a bunch to me, he sends me a bunch of stuff and we really do appreciate it. And I recently, uh, I recently discovered a, uh, uh, a YouTuber, um, by the name of Murphy Napier, who is, uh, she mainly does like book reviews, like novels and stuff like that, fantasy stuff. So some of you may be familiar with her because she does uh, Harry Potter stuff. But she recently got into One Piece big time, and I have really appreciated her videos lately. Just watching someone, watching someone new get into a series you love, is amazing. And if you know we have done that for you know, you guys, you listeners in any way, if you have enjoyed it in, you know, that same way, then I think that's awesome. And, you know, I appreciate everybody that listens and, you know, sends in your feedback and your comments. And, uh, you know, I think it's just a cool thing. Like, you know, discussing, discussing this type of stuff is, it means Zach have mentioned is one of our favorite things to do. We love theorizing. We love breaking down, you know, characters, motivations, all that fun stuff. And it truly has been a blast. And I hope, I hope it's been a blast for you too. And I hope you stick with us as we, you know, continue on the adventure with, with what we've got coming. Yes. I guess we can say it because by the time this goes up. Yeah. 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 Um, well, so, so in the world of Harry, okay. So let's actually talk about this for just a quick sec. Okay. Um, by the way, I second everything Scott said, we fucking love you guys. Um, Mm -hmm. Scott doesn't get a chance to say it too often because he's not very, you know, because, again, he's not on the social media. Because um, I'm an old man. Yeah, because he's an 80-fucking-seven-year-old man. True. Um, but, you know, a lot of you, a lot of you have, have followed along because of your love and interest in Harry Potter, or that's how you discovered us. Um, and obviously, uh, I mean, I share that with you guys. I think Scott shares that uh, to some degree with you guys. And, um, you know, we have a bit of a community and a relationship with you all now. But at the end of the day, we, we have never been a Harry Potter podcast. Uh, you know, so there are a lot of things that we want to tackle and do. And, and we have already started that, you know, with our Lord of the Rings series and our Wheel of Time series. And many of you guys have jumped over and continue to support. and that. That really is is just fucking cool, and uh, we we thank you for forgetting to mention the One Piece series. By well, the way. we started we started One Piece at the, okay at the same time. Yes, 
There, you know what? Actually, to be fair, many <laughs> listeners have told me that they have gone back to listen to One Piece, actually. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Just because they found us from Harry Potter. But, you know, That's I mean. my baby. Uh, we, we are not a Harry Potter podcast, you know, right. and I, I think that much has hopefully been clear. Um, we have some great friends who are a Harry Potter podcast. Check out Sam and Emily at Harry Potter and the Half Drunk Podcast, and they will continue to dive into Harry Potter shenanigans always. Um, but we're we're going to continue to doing you know continue doing the thing that we that we love, which is discussing fiction and discussing uh, cool stories and and fun stuff. So if you haven't already heard from last week, uh, our next big series that we are tackling is going to be Game of Thrones. Both Scotty and I have watched Game of Thrones before. Uh, we are big, 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 big fans, and that has been a crux in our friendship. Uh, True. Yeah, is, is, that, is that fucking show. Yeah. Um, so we, look, I know we talked about this in our kind of little spiel on last episode, but just to, just to recap it here, we have somehow eluded watching Game of Thrones again since the eighth season came out and both which is odd for us it's very odd yeah to 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 give you guys some clarity i mean scott i think would watch the series at least one time every year yes. right i i would watch through the entire series what was released every year before the new season exactly started. same so at this point i have seen season one at least eight or nine times, I would say. Yeah. Um, at least, because I've watched it, like, partially, at least with you, with friends, with other, you know, people, so. Right. And then that's not even considering, you know, the countless YouTube videos and, and, right. and hours yes. and hours and hours of conversation that we've and had. And I have read all the books, And the books, too, right. I've times. read the first three. Um, so, yeah, you know, we're... We realized that it was a little shocking that we had not gone back to right. Game of Thrones after season eight. And I know a lot of you out there are probably going to be like, because season eight's terrible. And <laughs> right. It sucks. And, and that might be the case. But um, we think we need to give it its, its fair shot and watch it as a whole uh, to see what we feel. Yes. Uh, so we're going to be. Yes, because me. It- Originally, right after season eight, I feel like you and I were some of the biggest, I don't want to say defenders of season eight, but we weren't nearly as negative and as down on it as seemingly the masses, if you will, were. So the fact that if it's even subconsciously, you know, we haven't gone back to it, maybe maybe we did dislike it more than we've realized, right. and that's why subconsciously we haven't gone back. So that's why we want to do this, is like using season eight, now that we've seen the series to completion, as hey, our Hey, did you just device, say completion? I did say to completion. <laughs> um, will it change our view of the entire series? Will we still love it? Will... You know, is it dead to us? Change it all. Is it dead to us forever? I sure hope not. (laughs) Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Uh, But also, like, it's just it's it's a series we love and we feel like fits the show well. And yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a lot of fun stuff with it. Um, but and and you know, to follow up on what Zach said about you know, this not being a Harry Potter podcast. Like, also don't take that to me as like, we're never touching Harry Potter again. You know, like, 
we we've said multiple times like i want to do the cursed child uh possibly the fantastic beast movies so don't expect any regular harry potter content you can certainly get that elsewhere but uh we might dip back in here and there oh yeah 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 definitely yeah hopefully that's that's not how it seemed uh when i said that but no yeah you're you're absolutely right i mean there's there's more on the table that we have immediately planned right now with harry Mm -hmm. potter uh and i'm sure that there will continue to be more down the road um scott's now a fan so i mean this is gonna be easy now (laughs) So, <laughs> I'm a part of the official fan. Club. He's a part of the fucking fan club, dude. I got a wolf Patronus and a shitty ass pine wand. Thirteen inches, pine. thirteen unyielding inches. You get Stiff that right. Stiff as a board, dude. Stiff as my thirteen inches are so unyielding. <laughs> Fuck. Man. All right. Yeah, I'm glad we got that in there because. Uh, we didn't have enough dick jokes in this in this episode. I'm glad I got that 13 inches in. <laughs> nice, 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 fucking nice. Yeah, this episode was sorely lacking some dick jokes. <laughs> if you know what I mean? This episode was um, hurting for a squirting, if you might. <laughs> <laughs> needed needed some dick. True, <laughs> big true on that one. Fuck. Um, all right, now you guys know God what we have uh, planned. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening as always. Again, thank you everybody who submitted um, some comments, some feedback, some bitching at Scott. Uh, it goes a long way, and we will see you sometime. Yeah, we we didn't really mention time frames much. Uh, don't expect anything super soon, but. You know, Zach will keep everybody posted on the socials. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think, actually, you know what? We, we should say this so that people don't think that we died and everything. But um, <laughs> we, we will have some Harry Potter content trickling out uh, as, as we do, you know, a, a few more things that we have planned. Um, but we, we will be taking a bit of a break as we gear up and uh, prepare for the Game of Thrones series. Um, we are going to be diving deep into Game of Thrones. We are working on uh, making video podcasts accessible for you guys. Oh, oh. Yeah, so you can see our sweet fucking faces. Um, look at Scotty. Gross. Ah, uh, man, this hot ass eighty-seven-year-old guy just sitting right <laughs> here. Um, yeah. So we we are working on a lot. Uh, some time frame is is likely going to be about springtime. Uh, before uh, the Game of Thrones series launches, um, but we will not be completely quiet till then. So you'll you'll be hearing from us. So just a friendly heads up on that. Um, I think that does it for us tonight, guys. We again appreciate you, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey yo, check checka. Hey ho, hey yo, checka, 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 checka. Thunder cats. Oh.